So we're coming up to Valentine's Day. Uh, Originally, I was going to write about the movie Valentine's Day and the attempt to kind of get moviegoers on board with small holidays and related films like New Year's Day and Mother's Day, which all follow that sort of ensemble cast format. But you know what's more romantic than the movie Valentine's Day? Feasting on the still-beating heart of your lover to become one forever. No? That, that's, not, that's not doing it for you? You don't, you don't understand why I'm bringing it up? Buckle up, because everything happens so much. <laughs> Army Hammer, who you might remember from films like The Social Network or Call Me By Your Name, is a cannibal. Or, like, maybe he isn't a cannibal, maybe he's just horny and a bit weird. It's unclear. Basically, a bunch of Army's Twitter and Instagram DMs got leaked to the press. And they range from pretty generic kink stuff, like bondage, uh, through to the kinds of messages where if a white man sent you one, you'd be looking up stats on serial killers and locking your doors and windows. The messages are so extreme that they were honestly like a little bit hard to believe. But then a bunch of Ami's ex-girlfriends came forward and were like, no, uh, actually, he's just kind of like that. These aren't surprising at all. Which makes it a whole separate kettle of flesh. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean fish. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Everything goes from like, wow, someone has a vivid imagination to like, wow, has, um, has anyone checked his garden for mysterious freshly dug six foot holes by any chance? You know? I know time is meaningless and life is like a long, slow march toward the void or whatever, but we're barely a month into 2021 and there's already a celebrity sex scandal involving cannibalism, blood drinking and threats to sever a toe. Life comes at you fast. (laughs) Anyway, as soon as I read Army Hammer saying that he wanted to own somebody until they died and keep their toe in his pocket... It got me thinking about the ever-evolving nature of celebrity sex scandals. As an avid follower of gossip magazines, I feel like I'm familiar with most of the weird shit that gets made up and or reported on, and I feel like we're reaching some sort of celebrity sex scandal event horizon where, like, something about Meryl Streep using baby's blood as glue for her vajazzling or something is going to come out and we're all just going to have to absorb that information and then nod and move on with our lives. And I want to think about whatever the hell that means. I'm Alex, this is Pop Culture Boner, the podcast edition, and today I'm thinking about the evolution of the celebrity sex scandal. a weird thing for me to admit. I kind of love a sex scandal, which I know makes me terrible, but like allow me to give you some insight into my garbage psyche. Let me paint a picture for you. The year is 1998. I'm eight years old. I have absolutely zero interest in the news, although I do kind of occasionally pretend to read the Sydney Morning Herald in an attempt to appear like more worldly. Um, I have always been a pretentious nightmare, but that's kind of a separate issue. Anyway, Bill Clinton, he's the American president, and then suddenly he is even more in the news than usual because a scandal involving Monica Lewinsky has erupted everywhere. 
I was instantly obsessed and I spent a lot of time sort of hanging in the doorway trying to inconspicuously watch the ABC news, something which I had never shown any prior interest in. And I would wait there until the nightly update on the case was on and then I would kind of skulk away again. Now, I was, of course, eight years old. So, A, I didn't really know what they were talking about with regards to stained dresses particularly. And B, I couldn't really tell you why I was so into the whole thing. I think maybe because it felt kind of naughty, which is the sort of thing that really draws a precocious eight-year-old right in. But that's what launched what is now an almost instantaneous ability to conjure up weird sex tidbits about famous people from memory. I have been carrying around the information that Billy Idol has herpes in my head for years. Not for any kind of judgment, it's just herpes, but it is in my brain for some reason. I keep like waiting for it to pop up at pub trivia or something, and then it it never does. I'm always disappointed. But I am really interested in this shift that I've felt in the last few years in the way that we report on celebrity sex scandals. We went from calling women sluts and forcing them to apologize for being naked to kind of burying the photos themselves in harmless tagged images to protect the victim. At the same time, it feels like the internet has cracked open this seemingly endless vault of sex knowledge about public figures, where you can see politicians accidentally liking videos called like teen slut gangbang on Twitter, and we're all just kind of like... Ah, yes, but who among us has not been accidentally presented with teen slut gangbang by the algorithm at some point or another before we go on about our day? I don't want to be a Puritan about this sort of thing, but I thought as a little Valentine's Day treat, uh, we could think about the amount of celebrity sex knowledge that we retain, uh, why it still manages to get clicks, and what's changed about the way that we report on the lewd and the rude. Oh, it's the most not-safe-for-work episode ever, Daddy. (coughs) Oh, God, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm making myself feel unwell. That was so bad. Let's just get into it. The public obsession with, like, private lives of the rich and famous obviously isn't new. Scandal sheets were a popular form of journalism in the late 1700s. I'm doing air quotes around journalism. They were essentially like small run prints of the most salacious society gossip. Kind of the equivalent of that Gossip Girl-esque thing we're seeing in Bridgerton, except many of the scandal sheets were kind of used as thinly veiled blackmail attempts. Uh, But they also sold space for positive mentions as well, so there's that, I guess. Moving into the 1950s, the increased popularity of Hollywood stars and the collapse of the studio system gave rise to like a new form of gossip magazine that seemed to have this omnipresent access to celebrities' naughtiest intimate moments. And then came the age of the internet, and a supercomputer in the pocket of every freak on the street meant that scandal went digital. And in some ways, we really did have access to some portion of the inner lives of celebrities. I mean, obviously dependent on how much they left the house and whether or not they understood that people could see what they liked on Twitter. Anyway, it's kind of tempting to assume that the fact that these types of news articles are still popular means that nothing's really changed. We're drawn to tawdry news like horny little moths to a big phallic flame or sapphic flame, whatever holds your interest more. (laughs) 
But reportage on celebrity sex scandals is one of those things that I can feel as having had a really significant shift in my adult lifetime. All you need to do is have a look at the way that we've responded to some of the greatest hits of the last 15 years or so to see that there's been this real shift away from a kind of shocked, pearl-clutching reaction to nudity to a kind of, well, shocked, pearl-clutching reaction, but to the fact that people's privacy would be invaded in such a way. I mean, look at the evolution of sex tapes and nude photos in the public domain, for example. There used to be a punchline. Let's take Pamela Anderson. In 1995, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's honeymoon tape was stolen from their home by an electrician and it popped up on the internet, distributed by a company called Internet Entertainment Group, which was the website that pioneered cam girls, in case you're wondering. It was a huge story that culminated in the pair being a punchline for everyone from late-night talk show hosts through to screenwriters. And what's more, Pamela Anderson particularly was expected to be in on the joke. She even appears in Scary Movie 3 talking about the tape in parody of The Ring, but her co-star misunderstands her and says, oh, the one where they do it in the boat and then in the car and then in the bathtub? In a direct reference to scenes from the film. The way that Pam and Tommy handled this sex tape mishap actually ended up being something of a precedent for sex tapes to come. They settled with Internet Entertainment Group for an undisclosed amount of money and ended up allowing the group to distribute the tape's contents digitally, which is how we end up with Paris Hilton's or Kim Kardashian's sex tapes, which were both leaked to the public by vengeful ex-boyfriends, being owned and licensed by the stars themselves. I think with the idea being that if it's already out there, you might as well exert some agency and make a profit. Since the release, both Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton have spoken publicly about the fact that they felt manipulated by the circumstance. Hilton particularly has called the sex tape release something that will traumatize me for the rest of my life. The fact that we're even asking Paris how she feels about something that happened 17 years ago indicates a pretty significant shift in consciousness. All of these tapes were made public by third parties seeking to shame or otherwise tarnish the reputation of the women in question. And because the internet is forever, their hands were forced, making them jovial accomplices in this bizarre new form of reputational rehab. While in the late 90s and early noughties, we were willing to accept moves to buy out the distribution rights to the tape as an endorsement, and even as somehow like empowering, now we're having to reckon with the morality of their presence in the public domain in the first place. When you compare shifting attitudes to leaked nude photos, which at one point was so common it was happening roughly once a week, you see a really similar shift in mindset happening over a much shorter period of time. When Disney star Vanessa Hudgens' nudes were leaked onto the internet in 2007, she was forced to apologise to fans and to the Disney Corporation, who accepted her apology and said that they hoped that the star had learned a valuable lesson. The lesson they were talking about, folks, was not fuck Disney. (laughs) Anyway, seven years later, when hackers exploited a security flaw in Apple's iCloud and thousands of nude celebrity photos, including ones of Kirsten Dunst and Jennifer Lawrence, were leaked, it sparked this conversation on whether or not viewing the photos was acceptable. Jennifer Lawrence did a full Vanity Fair article calling the leak disgusting and an incredible violation of her privacy, which it is, 
And the further evolution of that conversation has meant that when Chris Evans accidentally puts his own dick on Instagram for a fraction of a second, fans and casual observers actively work to bury that photo so it can't be found by prying eyes. That's a massive shift in public mindset. Where people and corporations were ready to burn poor Vanessa at the stake for being a slut, a mere seven years later they were ready to accept that releasing private nude photos was a violation of privacy that disproportionately impacted female celebrities. I think at least part of this shift in moral judgment has come from the rapid advancement of technology. I did a lot of theory reading about celebrity fucking for this podcast. Um, There's a surprising amount of it, or unsurprising, depending on how you feel about the Academy, I guess. But I read this article by Daniel Harris called Celebrity Sex Scandals. And it talks about the class-based relationship that celebrities have with the public, where we're envious of their economic prosperity and we make them pay for it by atoning for perceived sexual transgressions. It's an older article and it takes a pretty cynical view overall, which I don't necessarily agree with. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting was this idea of the camera lens as a kind of moral filter. Essentially, the article suggests that we don't live in a world where we're really all that shaken by celebrity sex scandal, but because the presence of a camera makes us plebs uncomfortable, we use it to maintain the illusion that we're actually scandalized by someone famous engaging the services of a sex worker or smoking a joint and getting a handy in the parking lot of a McDonald's or whatever the case may be. The article calls the camera an old prude that bullies its subjects into following its prim decorum. We would never do those things in a way that would be recorded, so how dare they? Except now we all have a super connective portable computer with a built-in camera in our pocket. We're so much more likely to do those things. I would like to think that this entire change in public discourse is down to a sudden understanding of women as people and revenge porn is wrong, but phone cameras are so personal and private now, and the naked body is so much more readily available in so many ways that we're actually a little bit blasé about the whole affair. A nude celebrity doesn't have the same impact that it used to. A sex tape is still a little bit more exciting, but it's lost a lot of the career-making power that it held previously. A socialite with a sex tape in 2021 isn't going to become the next Paris Hilton. So where does this leave the world of weird DM leaks? (laughs) Army Hammer's never been caught on camera eating someone's flesh. That we know of. There is still time. Uh, But he has said some weird shit to people. Now, I don't want to get in too deep to the moral issue of Army Hammer and his DMs. It's a weird series of messages to send somebody that has freaked people out because it is so extreme. And coupled with mounted stories from women he's dated accusing him of being controlling, it paints a picture of something of like a freak on a power trip. But also, I do wonder if part of our fear in this cameraless celebrity sex scandal isn't actually about things that we've said via direct message when we're horny. Like maybe we carefully curate the nudes we take to keep them tasteful and semi-anonymous, or we delete them altogether. But I'm willing to bet that if you scrolled back through some of your text messages or DMs, or whatever your preferred sexting service is, 
you'd be able to find something hella weird and uncomfortable that you've consensually sent a fellow human being who probably sent you something equally as weird back. The written element of sexting adds this fantasy component that basically means that you can say anything, no matter how stupidly improbable, and it can just come off as kind of casually hot in the moment. And as a chronic overpromiser and underdeliverer in all aspects of my life, I definitely know that I've said some things that sound like a great idea at the time, but make me completely exhausted to even picture in the cold light of day. And I know my mum and several of her friends <laughs> listen to this podcast, so I just wanted to say, um, I'm sorry, mum, I've never even done a sex. I don't know what any of this is, what it means, or what I'm talking about. <laughs> but also, a 2014 study found that a little under 60% of young adults between 18 and 30 send sexts, and that its prevalence increased in young adults in established relationships. The point is, a lot of us do it. So having someone's deeply, deeply unhinged sexual messages become a matter of public discourse not only makes us concerned for the safety of our toes in the presence of Army Hammer, but also eternally grateful that we're not famous enough or pretty enough for someone to want to extract our delicious direct message data. I think we're both punishing his sexuality a little bit and worrying about our own. I don't know if we're ever going to come full circle on the leaking of private messages the way that we have with nude photos or sex tapes. Part of the allure of celebrity is based on the fact that they are somewhat mysterious. <laughs> their removal from their audience means that they become something of a blank slate, which we can kind of project onto. It used to be that the naked body was the mechanism that broke that mystery. It was scandalous because their nudity seemed to reveal something about their sexual inner lives, which previously hadn't been available to us. But over time, the allure of the naked photo has lost some of its shine, or at least it reveals less than we used to believe. Direct messages sent in the midst of a moment of lust are so much more intimate. That's a private thought that's now out loose in the world. Imagine if someone could see all the spelling mistakes that you'd made trying to type out sexy messages one-handed. Your lover might politely ignore the fact that you've misspelled fucking as ducking or pounding as pudding, but rest assured, the public won't. While we may never be able to tell whether Army Hammer drinks the blood of women as part of his sexual fantasies, unless he starts, like, avoiding garlic and only making movies in total darkness, I guess... It is probably a good cue for you to go back and delete the message where you said you wanted to duck someone's wet puppy with your big clock. Just a thought. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, friends. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and specifically that you appreciate all the effort that I put into euphemistically describing the ways in which Army Hammer allegedly likes to bone down. It was hard work. Also, I swear to God, every time I write one of these, I do so much extra research that I never use. Uh, I read a whole article on chaos, control, and celebrity autoerotic asphyxiation that you don't ever get to hear about because it's not relevant. <laughs> 
but rest assured, I have opinions. Um, so if you can deal with me yelling autoerotic asphyxiation at the top of my lungs, uh, you should come and talk to me about it next time you see me at the pub. Peace.